Good evening, waifus and husbandos, and welcome back to another edition of the Waifu Cast. Waifu Cast. Back to normal again. Back to normal again. I am here so you guys can re-click that subscribe button. I understand what it's like sometimes. When I'm not around, damn. Tell a nigga how you really feel. It's like that. (laughs) But while you're at it, you could also go to Facebook and search WaifuCast, or you could go to Twitter, at WaifuCast, or you could go to Instagram, at WaifuCast. Or you can go to Redbubble and buy our shirts. At WaifuCast Productions. Or you could follow the podcast only on iTunes or Google Play. Just search WaifuCast under the podcast section. And we also have an RSS feed, too. Yeah, you could get that from... uh, SoundCloud, if you'd like, or uh, we've given you so many different ways to ignore us. Yes, <laughs> no excuses now. No excuses. Well, this week <clears throat> we're going to be talking about game reviews, reviews in general, how they're done, how they're handled, how I don't like it. Oh, we're talking about that. I thought we were just going to review every game ever. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> there's time, oh, yeah. and there's not enough of it. I didn't think about that. Anyways, into the uh, what we've been doing this week? No, 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 no. no. Okay, we're not going to be doing that no. necessarily. <laughs> we figured uh, we would be doing news updates when they happen for you guys, kind of like a uh, breaking as they happen update. Like I said, just there hasn't been any news in between when we decided that and now, so it hasn't right. happened yet. I mean, okay. there has been kind of. You want to tell me about it? Yeah, we uh, we had a uh, Yamcha oh. TN. Oh, okay. And Android Twenty One. Oh well, yeah. That's for Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters had a lot of news, and it, the beta apparently <clears throat> was really good. The beta Luna, was awesome. Luna would love to tell you about that on his own. So, game reviews are pretty awful. I feel like I don't like the uh, the way that they're handled. I also don't like that they cultivate this culture that believes in concepts like skill shaming. Skill shaming. <laughs> Can we laugh at that? <laughs> I always <laughs> do. <laughs> so. Apparently, you know what I hate most? Culture, culture. Yeah, man, I don't like the fact that, like, anything, being a fan of anything, leads to... A culture. A culture. Yet apparently white people don't have any culture. Uh, well, we apparently have so many different cultures. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's white? What is, exactly. what is skin? What is skin? <laughs> now... Um, recently there was this, uh, well, I don't even know if I would really go as far as to say that it was, like, ruckus or, you know, it was even really news, but somebody got butthurt because there was a, a reviewer from a game publication who was playing the game Cuphead, which, if you're not aware, is a side-scrolling platformer action game that's made to look like a, you know, like a 30s cartoon or whatever. Yeah, like, uh, some old-school Disney shit. Yeah, it's neat, but the person who was playing the game was awful at it, and he was apparently being criticized for being awful at it, which I think is justified, mm-hmm. but, well, you know... Can we, like, elaborate on what awful is real quick? Basically, when we say he was awful at it, the motherfucker couldn't do an air dash over a simple... Obstacle. He couldn't opera- operate the basic mechanics of the game. Not even the game of just any, any I game. I like get it. And okay, so so it, it basically leads me to believe that not only was this guy not good at this particular genre, he just doesn't play games. But he wasn't actually good at any kind of games. Period. And we're talking about a games journalist. Mm-hmm. So this is their job. And in the real world, if you're not good at your job. You get fired. And I said that. 
I know you did. It was a great point. <laughs> but here's where I stand on it. The situation w- developed in such a way that this guy was awful, as we've described, and the community, air quotes, berated him and was very mean to him, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, some of it was legitimate criticism. Some mm-hmm. of it was obviously just trolling and right. mean-spiritedness. But the, at the end of the day... People go to these these publications, these resources to get information. Yeah. And it's like, if I want to see how the game plays, and I rely on your publication for my information, mm-hmm. and I'm watching you play the game poorly, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to get any kind of adequate idea on how things work when you can't yeah. execute it? Not only just that, but there are people that actually like rely on whether or not they're going to rely on those reviews to uh, decide whether or not they're going to buy the game. Well, exactly, and it's like not every person has $60 to drop on every game that they find interesting at a glance. So it's like, for me personally, when I open up the internet every day, five of my homepages are internet gaming news. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's like something I'm deeply immersed in, and when when I see stuff like that, I wonder, like, why is this allowed to go on at your gaming journalism company? Yeah. And it's not the first time that it's happened. Polygon is a massive company, and they had similar shit when um, the the newest uh, 2016 Doom came out. They had a person playing through that game, and it looked as though that person had never touched a first-person shooter in their yeah. life. And same basic thing, except I think on a larger scale. I don't know. Uh, do you know what uh, company the dude who was playing Cuphead worked for, Ryusuke? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. So, uh, if you guys want to chime in on the comments and let us know, that'd be great. I Actually, can look it up. Yeah, if you would want to do that. Point is, is that Polygon is a fairly large gaming publication. They're well known. They're not well respected outside of the SJW community, but that's you know, neither here nor there. Because <laughs> they pander to them. They are them, is why. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, it's that's simply it. Yeah. Um, the, the point being that uh, you know, a lot of people go to them for information, and it's like. Everything we said before applies here. How can I trust you for as a or not for as a resource for gaming information when you can't even present that information in the yeah. proper context? And like, here here's the way. Like, I I, I like how Game Informer kind of did it. I don't I don't know if they still do it like this because I heard they kind of were shitty nowadays too. But uh, okay. But back when back when like I was a youth, um, they had like. When they had their like meet the uh, meet the staff type sections, they would mm. have a blurb about them. It would also list their their preferred genres, and usually you would see those guys review the games that they games liked. Those genres. Like I'm not saying, and we're the not saying. was games beat. I'm sorry, games beat. Yeah. So it's not massive, but it's not small either. So you know, yeah. for those of you who've listened this far, that this dude who played Cuphead worked for a company called Games Beat. Yeah. So so like I was saying, like I'm not saying in order to be a games journalist. Kind of almost makes me throw up a little bit when I say that. Yes. I'm not saying in order to be one of those dudes, you have to be great at every game because I know that's that's not that's. It's not that's it's not that it's not possible. It's just not probable. Well, here I, I feel like I understand where you're going with this, and the way that I see it is that it's it's both on the company and on you as a games journalist. Mm-hmm. You as a games journalist need to know your niche, 
what are you going to be able to provide the best information yeah. on? And your company needs to allow you to thrive in that niche. Right. So if you are a great fighting game player, for instance, mm-hmm. you should be reviewing and doing articles on the fighting game scene. Yeah. And like, for example, if, if WaifuCast were to start doing reviews or something, I don't know, shot in the dark, uh, you wouldn't necessarily have me be reviewing a first-person shooter. No, but you might have me be reviewing it. Right. And that's the point. See, like, I, I, it's okay to not be great at everything, but you shouldn't be trying to present information about everything if you're not great at it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I expect a certain amount of competency from someone who's supposed to be a quote-unquote, you know, professional. Yeah. And Someone that's supposed to be like a voice in the, uh, you know, a per, like a go-to person in the community. And it's like, I, I cannot consider you a go-to person when right. you're not really about this shit, obviously. And I mean, like, I, I even do that in uh, in situations where, um, like, for example, when I watch YouTube reviews or even the guys on YouTube I like to watch. Like, uh, a real quick example, you got, you know, obviously Dragon Ball Fighters coming up, and I've been watching shit on that nonstop. Um, one of the guys I go to a lot for Dragon Ball info, his name is Geekdom101, he's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really care about his opinion on Dragon Ball Fighters. I care about his opinion on everything else Dragon Ball, because he knows his shit. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he's not a fighting game But player. he's not a fighting game player. Right. So I look towards guys that would... They don't even. They don't need to be top players, but guys who would know what they're talking about. Like, I yes, have the you know. exact same thing. I uh, I go to uh, give two shout outs. Uh, my name is Bife, his channel, and uh, Mylan Games. Both of them are Destiny lore channels, mm-hmm. and I go to them exclusively for Destiny lore. If they right. were, I don't know if they do anything else because I haven't looked, but if they were, I wouldn't. That's not why I go to you. You know what I'm saying? And that's not your niche. Um, for me, it's. You shouldn't be presenting an opinion on something based off of no prior knowledge. Mm. You shouldn't be like you shouldn't be a person who like is not a first person shooter fan. Like I, right. you shouldn't be assigned the review for yeah, Destiny Two. Not at all, because you're not going to do the, the game justice if it's a good or a bad game because you're right. not going to like it. Exactly. And this is I want to use this point to pivot into the next thing I want to talk about, and that's objectivity in reviews. I feel like this is something that people want to say can't exist in a review, and I think, I that think that's false. It's absolutely false. It's it objectivity. It, look at any tech review, literally any one of them. Tech reviews are as objective as they get. Mm-hmm. And that can be applied to games. There is good game design, there's bad game design. There's good dialogue, there's bad dialogue. There are things that are subjective, like character des- design, mm-hmm. um, story, things yeah. like that. And that's uh, that's not to say that there's not room in sub- su- for subjectivity in a review, but subjectivity in those things shouldn't affect score at the end of the day. You, if you don't like the story, say that. But also say that there's, you know, that's my personal preference. Somebody might like the story. Yeah. Because that's, you know, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not going into a full spoiler review of the story of a game that you're reviewing, leave it up to the players to make their, you know, their opinion on the story. That's yeah. how it should be anyways in a right. story-focused game. That's why I, I kind of like um, the completionist's review system. Because he doesn't score it based on, like, 
numerical values or anything. I don't think numerical values are yeah. a working he, system. He's got he's got basically like he's got a middle ground which is play it, you know. Then he's got like fucking donate it or whatever, you know, get rid of it. And he's got burn it, you know, if it's really bad. Okay. But then he's got finish it if it's if he likes the game and recommends that you play through it. And then he's got complete it if it's that great. If if he's like you need to fucking like max out your hours on this game and unlock everything there is to unlock in it because that's what he does for all of his reviews. Yeah. He's the completionist. Yeah, no, so that's he's really like, cool. Is it worth it to complete it because I did? So I'm going to tell you if you should or not. And, well, and that's what reviews are supposed to do. It's it, They should be telling you, does the game achieve what it's set out to do? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, do its basic ideas work? Is it does and and really at the end of the day, you could that in and of itself should comprise the most of the review Pretty because much. that's that's all that matters is if the game works or not. Like. Individual enjoyment is always going to boil down to getting your hands on it. And yeah. a review should be answering the question, should I get my hands on it? Right. Not, you know, how much am I going to... You know, not that kind of stuff. And the reason I think that a, a numbered scoring system is so poor is that there's there's no standard to it. Yeah. A 10 for one person is not another person's 10. And you see that all over the place where, like, um, I don't know, like IGN gave... Um, bunch of games last year and the year before a 10 and yeah. then persona 5 gets a 9.7 right. for and, and that's reasons kind of, not even related to the game for right. a personal preference yeah and that's, that's just why kinda, it didn't get a 10 that's just kind of one of those things too because you get this uh you get this backlash for games not like when you compare other games to that kind of uh scale it's like you risk just people getting irked at it. Well, go to Metacritic. Like, the number two rated game on Metacritic, I'm pretty sure, is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Yeah. Hey. Which is considered one of the best games ever. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, does yeah. that hold up to Metal Gear Solid 5 or 4 or any other 10, right. or Grand Theft Auto 5? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. does that hold yeah. up to what is given a 10 so nowadays? Is, is Tony Hawk's Underground, does that have a, a better story than fucking right. Final is, Fantasy? Like, shit? I mean, on a, fundamen- a fundamental level, yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 was a better game than 2. Yeah. 3 was that hot shit. And it's like, but 2 got all the praise because that's the yeah. reviewers liked it at the time. Yeah. And there's that's the problem with numbered reviews as well, is they don't hold up over time. Meanwhile, if you do it in a similar way uh, to the completionist rating system two games that are completely different and possibly completely different quality getting the same you know rating it's like oh yeah finish the game you know mm-hmm. no one's going to get mad because like a racing game got a finish it score and so did fucking Metal Gear Solid you know what i mean like mm-hmm. right. they're two completely different experiences two completely different demographics but meanwhile if you see Metal Gear Solid get like a 9.5 but then like Forza gets like a 9.75 then you'll get people being like what the what? Well that's where (laughs) I'm at. I take that personally in a way because it's like I feel like it's almost an insult to my intelligence as somebody who uses these as a resource because it's like I, I, I feel stupid for using you as a resource at that point when this is like this is how you do things. I kind of feel like they're like looking at 
two games in two different genres and comparing their scores is kind of dumb on the consumer's part, though. Well, sure. Yeah, but... but it's just kind of like people do that all the time. Yeah, but I'm saying to you, okay, let's look at it from a completely different angle, okay? okay. If you're using a numbered review system, mm-hmm. if a game gets a six, it has an audience, but people will completely skip it based on that six. Right. Okay. 100%. That's the power of the numbered review score. Yeah. And that could be a game that we love could be a six to the reviewer. Shit, Blaze Blue might have gotten a six. And people will ignore it because the reviewer gave it a low score, even though it might really appeal to them. Like Monster Hunter, uh, the PSP version's got terrible reviews at first. Yeah. Because reviewers didn't like the game. And it largely went ignored in the Western uh, Mm -hmm. side of things for a long time because of that. Had a huge impact on it. Numbered review systems have a huge impact on the sales of things, and that's my problem with games journalism today. Is that it's more of a marketing tool for companies than it is for anything else. At the higher, the bigger the the games journalism company gets, the more likely they are compensated for positive coverage for things. Yeah, and you're getting all the you know Gamergate shit. Yeah, and paid reviews. And all well, that and shit, then you've got know. places like Kotaku who who, who lean into the fact that they're a blog. <laughs> Kotaku leans into the fact that it's a blog so that it can get away with being unprofessional. Yeah. And blowing five niggas. But they also want to be professional. Yeah. And have that that clout. And I think that that's backwards because if you're going to use your, if you're going to push that you're a blog and you're going to take stances on things and you're going to have people on staff that are going to have stances on things. Yeah. You that you don't have credibility to me. I mean, but I guess to be fair, like Kotaku doesn't have a numbered rating system. No, they don't. But they definitely do have an agenda push because sure. they're a blog. Definitely. And I like, uh, for instance, one of their editors, and I'm gonna give you a shout out because I really don't <laughs> like you, Heather Alexandria. Trans and Ooh. nothing wrong with being trans, but you, there's something wrong with you. SJW pushing that fucking narrative in she your. Five uh, niggas, though? No, okay, okay, but that's I mean, where the bar is. Yeah, that's that's the bar <laughs> for all. Uh, that's the bar. No, Anita Sarkeesian is the bar for how awful an SJW can get. She's cute though. Uh, I will say that. I've never wanted to hate fuck somebody until our Anita Sarkeesian. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my god, why do I hate her so much? I feel like so she could talk cute. like anybody into killing themselves just by listening to her. <laughs> she probably could, honestly. But that's neither here nor there. Right. So, <clears throat> back to the the reviews. So I I, I want to before I forget, uh, bringing back like that six rating, comparing that to uh, the completionist rating system, right? Six is middle of the road, mm-hmm. so that would be a what? That would be a try it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the message you get from those two things, like, oh, it gets a six rating. Man, I'm not going to fucking play that. But if it got a try it rating... You would be more inclined like, to try it. Hey, maybe I should try it. I mean, I guess, like, one part out here, like, a lot of people talk about is how the way the ten-point scale is used, people kind of, like... The, the whole spectrum isn't used because pretty much anything under an eight is seen as like dog shit. Yeah, exactly. That's this is the point that I'm making. Is and that I, you? And the thing is, is like I guess treat it's not like grades in, in school. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's you either passed or you failed. Right. And it's but like I said, it's like we we're, we're in a different niche. We're people whom are more open minded and and see the flaws of the review system. We're but, people who use the word whom. But there are 
people out there that this is that's as deep as their like level of thought goes into it. They see the score, they don't buy the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is that simple. Yeah. And because of that immediate impact on sales and everything, I think it's important to look at the significance of that rating system and the power that it holds. And I feel like if you're using that rating system, maybe not maliciously, but ultimately to hurt the sales and audience of a game, that's bad. That's not something that should be done. I don't think that we should be in the business of shunning games. We should be in the business of directing those games towards their de- demographic. Because yeah. there sure. is one for everyone. And that, exactly, should be, yeah. and that should be the purpose for games journalism. And it's not. It's there's so much agenda in games journalism and like I was saying and there's so much of this like already like we talked earlier about culture like I said where it's like we have this established 10 point system or 5 point system or whatever this numbered system that we don't use the spectrum of because we don't have to because a 6 automatically means it's bad yeah I want to see that grow. I want to see that evolve to something a little bit more su- um, sub- less subjective and more objective. In a way, it has, just not where Not it through games publication, right. through YouTube and through things like us. Right. When, when, you, when you go to people who you know love games for their opinion on games, and you follow a lot of different people with yeah. different tastes, you really can get a better picture of this game that you are thinking about getting. Seriously, too. And uh, looking at different content creators with different opinions and whatnot, you might find out something about lore or whatever about the game you're interested in that you never considered. Yeah, something true. that was just... Like, you, like literally, that's happened to me so many times. Where, uh, look, I hate to keep bringing up Destiny, but, like, that game is so lore-rich... And the people on YouTube have pieced it all together and presented it in a way that's so easily digestible. And it's like, I was able to crawl so much deeper into that game because of that. And that doesn't have anything to do with games reviews. But, for instance, uh, another shout-out, call this the shout-out episode, Mark Brown, who makes uh, Games Maker's Toolkit. It's a series where he uh, he looks at games where they he thinks that they take they nailed certain design aspects and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's like that's given me uh, appreciation for games that I I never even would have considered even looking at like the new Doom, just the way that it um it changed the way that first person that you approach the first person shooter in that game. Mm-hmm. It's not because uh, it doesn't use regenerating health for instance, mm-hmm. so you aren't. Uh, you're forced to be conservative with your health, but if you get low health, you're encouraged to be aggressive because uh, getting what are called glory kills or like up close melee kills yield health. Mm. So you you know what I'm saying? It, it like flip the script on how you approach actually playing the game, and he he breaks that down for you. And you might not even think about that as playing it. You might just go through the motions because you're doing what the game tells you to do. Mm. And we're seeing so much more of that. And I feel like it should be. Like we've been talking about with demographic, the very first thing a game developer has to do is nail down their demographic when they're making a game. Mm-hmm. They have to pick who the game is for. And I feel like games journalism and games journalists themselves need to do the same thing. True. And I don't feel like... I mean, we're we're, we're looking at a bigger philosophical debate about media in general. Yeah, because, for sure. Because the problem is always going to be corruption of some sort. Yeah. And most games journalists don't care about who the game's for. They just want 
to make it so that every game is for them. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. They, definitely that. Mm-hmm. It's and uh, like this game has too many titties. Well, yeah, and not strong enough titties. Not strong yeah, enough. These titties, titties aren't strong enough. <laughs> but I heard Noel was low tier. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I want to I I want to use this to encourage you as the viewer. If you if you have a passing interest in something, don't just look at the numbered review score. Definitely Do some don't. YouTube research. Yeah. Look at what people are saying because I guarantee you that if something interests you on a surface level, on a, like highly interests you, so it interested someone else enough to say something about it. Yeah. And you will always be able to find somebody else that shares your, your tastes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely and, have people that like you trust <laughs> and like know where they stand on things and like what type of games they like to play and just kind of like develop like a little network. Exactly. That's really what I do. Like yeah. anytime a game comes out and I want to get it and I know like maybe it might not be a lot of people's cup of tea but it's like okay maybe this might be some shit I like. I go to YouTubers that like kind of align with me and see what they say. Mm-hmm. And if they say it's trash, then okay, yeah, it's probably trash because I know I'm somewhat similar to these people. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, their sensibilities align with your sensibilities yeah. and such. And I, I feel like it's important that you you step outside of your comfort zone as far as what you're you're used to. If you frequent IGN and Kotaku and those places, that's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but open yourself up to the. Uh, idea that they might not be the only source of information for your yeah. taste. Or if you're going to frequent those places, pay attention to who's doing the reviews. Yes. It says it right up in the corner. You can get a good um, feel for like what that person's taste is just by reading a couple of their articles and whatnot. I mean, if you really think about it, if we if we only followed the influence of like those kind of games journalists, mm-hmm. then we'd pro- the only Japanese game we'd have is Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's true. And we might not have even gotten that. Because like it it's just like they follow they follow the trends and they try to force my yeah. my growth as a gamer personally it was completely and 100% driven by niche gaming. It was never mainstream gaming. It was that. about it was about love for the game, for right. the yeah. games. And like well, love for yeah, well, exactly that and and being able to see things for more than what they might appear to be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we liked RPGs that at a time when 3D beautiful graphics were the thing, I wasn't so interested in that. I was more interested in a, be- a, a well-built game. Yeah. And so, as a person who always favored handhelds, it was like, I didn't care about the, the fidelity of the graphics so long as the game was good. Yeah. And even then, like a good, like we've had this podcast before, a good 2D sprite-based uh, graphics engine or whatever you want to call it. It's better than a good 3D one every time, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, Art you, could, style you could put that on so many things. And in the same kind of concept with games journalism, I think that being objective trumps being subjective and pushing an agenda. Mm-hmm. And like we've been saying, if you frequent these places, you there's information out there. There are peop- There's plenty of ways to find out if who you are following is biased or is yeah. somehow not being, they're disingenuous. That's like the word for example, for. if uh, if the YouTube channel you're deciding to get your video game reviews from, uh, the avatar is a Sonic OC. Chances are they're not going to be a huge fan of Mario. <laughs> you know, like and and like I'm I'm a good example of that I'm not a huge Mario guy. I'm more towards the 
the Sonic realm, and usually the you'll Sonic be able to tell see. that had I made reviews, you know what I mean? My, but, oh at the same time, that could also uh, lend more credence, like, for example, if there was a Mario Maker review, you know, someone goes to my channel, they know I'm a Sonic fanboy, they see a Mario Maker review, they're like, uh, I'll watch it because I know he's got a shit on it because he's a fucking fanboy, and then I'm sitting there jacking the game off because I like it, they'd be like, holy shit, this must be the real deal, if even this fucking Sonic fanboy likes this Mario it's, game. Because it's honesty. Yeah. It's like, you're not, there's, like I said, agenda is probably the word of the day, because there is none. It's, it's, I, I like games on a, a purely, like, individual basis. It's, I don't, I try not to have any preconceived notions about something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's not true, because I don't like Call of Duty on principle. I don't really <laughs> like that on principle, but that's because those don't align with my tastes. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's not that I think that they're bad games. I yeah. think that they're bad games for me. Yeah. And that's important. That's why we don't do Call of Duty reviews on this channel. <laughs> or talk about it other than in this context. Yeah, when we're shitting on it. Because that, that's, just, <laughs> that's just what that's what we do. It's 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 why Nickelback is a meme. And I promise you, finding what you want to hear is not difficult. No. It's just a search away. It's really yeah. not. And uh, I feel like with that being said, we're going to go away for a while. Damn. Is this like the shortest one we've ever done? Second shortest one. Damn. This is the second shirts. shortest one? How long were we last time? Wasn't it only 30 minutes? It was about 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Damn. Buy our shirts. We love you. <laughs> we, 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 we. And while we're gone, don't forget your waifu. Yeah. Never forget your waifu. What he said.